This is Off The Ball Breakfast. Ireland's Sports Breakfast Show. I wouldn't like to be in Ireland's position, Erasmus. Oh, wouldn't you, Razzie? You could have just beaten us by eight points if you wanted to, but you couldn't do it, Razzie, could you? Subscribe to the Off The Ball Breakfast podcast on the Off The Ball app now. The Lunchtime Wrap. On Off The Ball. With Energia, proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Think of the possibilities. It's Thursday the 5th of October, this is the Lunchtime Wrap and I'm Cameron Hill. Good afternoon. We kick off with football and James McLean has confirmed he will retire from international football at the end of the year. The friendly with New Zealand next month will be the Derry Natives' final game for the Republic of Ireland. McLean won his 100 cap against Gibraltar in June and featured at the Euros in 2012 and 2016. It's expected he'll be in the Stephen Kenny squad for the upcoming Euro 2024 qualifiers when it's named later today. The boys in green take on Greece in Dublin tomorrow week before travelling to play Gibraltar three days later. After the controversy surrounding their Premier League defeat to Tottenham at the weekend, Liverpool return to action tonight. Jurgen Klopp's side are back at Anfield for a meeting with Union Saint-Gilois of Belgium in the Europa League. Kickoff is at 8 o'clock. Football writer Jonathan Wilson has offered several possible explanations around Jurgen Klopp's comments on last weekend's VAR controversy. The PGMOL admitted that a significant human error led to a Luis Diaz goal being disallowed in the 2-1 defeat to Spurs. Klopp suggested that a replay of the fixture would be the best form of redress. Wilson joined Off The Ball Breakfast this morning and was asked about why he thinks Klopp offered such an unprecedented solution. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I've I, sort of flip-flopped on this, whether it was sort of almost an accident that he was just sort of thinking out loud or whether there, there was more calculation behind it. Clearly, they won't get a replay. I mean, there's no way they can be given a replay because, yeah, how do you determine... Um, a mistake is big enough to to be worth a replay. Maybe is he, is he trying to pressure Tottenham for Tottenham come out and say, "Oh, actually, yeah, okay, we'll play the game again." I don't think there's any reason why, should, why they should do that. Um, I, I suspect it's probably if it is calculated, it, it's more playing to his base, sort of trying to generate that sense among Liverpool fans, maybe Liverpool players as well, that everybody's against us. You know that that classic sort of Ferguson siege mentality thing. I think it's a really dangerous to take um, yeah, I think there's enough tribalism and enough conspiracy theories about be- without managers sort of stoking them um, but I mean I, I, it seems to me the reaction uh, among certainly people on social media was was largely to laugh at it and sort of everybody probably saying oh can we re- can we replay this game against Liverpool from whenever when you scored this offside goal against us or when we weren't given this penalty which had clearly been given or when you got this penalty for whoever diving uh, and I, I think that's yeah, that, that's actually the right response. You know, it, it is an absurd idea because referees get things wrong just because we've got the audio of this and because it's a really sort of egregious error. Um, you know, it's it, it it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that when the final whistle blows, that is it. The the, the result is is final and, and stands. I think that's the way it's got to be. Otherwise, you know, you'll never finish a league season. Um, but I think what it did touch on is is this sort of wider issue which. I'm not really sure people have, have fully grasped, but I, I think the Premier League does have this sort of crisis of credibility at the minute. Um, not just about refereeing and, and VAR decisions often seeming to be wrong, um, but with the fact that City still have 115 charges against them and we don't know how it's going to play out. The fact that Everton were still waiting to hear what their sanction may be for potentially having breached FFP. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions about a lot of things, and I, I don't think. English football should be 
blasé about the significance of that. I think we've seen in other sports, I think we've seen in, in say, Italy in, in football, once trust becomes eroded, it's very, very hard to get it back. And once it goes, that product is, is not so attractive anymore. Elsewhere, Brighton face Marseille in Group B, while West Ham go up against Freiburg in Germany. Rangers play Aris of Cyprus with all of those games underway from 5.45. Aston Villa will look to get off the mark in Group B of the Conference League this evening. Unai Emery's side plays Rinsky of Bosnia-Herzegovina at Villa Park in Group G. Aberdeen go up against HJK Helsinki. You're listening to the Lunchtime Wrap on Off the Ball with Energia. Proud sponsor of Irish Rugby, think of the possibilities. And the Ireland team to play Scotland in the Rugby World Cup on Saturday will be named later today. James Ryan and Robbie Henshaw are both minor injury doubts for head coach Andy Farrell. Ex-Scotland captain Andy Nicholl joined Joe Malloy on Wednesday Night Rugby this week. He says that although all signs point to an Irish victory on Saturday night, there is a small chance that doubt could creep into the psyche of the men in green. Well, if you if you look at if you just base it on the stats, then we've got no chance, do we? And it's an absolute shooting for for Ireland. And uh, you know, th- this is um, there is pressure on this because it is knockout rugby now, isn't it? And yeah. uh, there's always been that jeopardy. There's always been the the safety net in the previous games, but we've also known this game is coming for from years. Like, we've known that this game was coming. That we both sides knew they would have to win this game probably to go through. You know, and that's that's still the same. Okay, Ireland can go through with, with still losing if they were the, the, within eight points, but they all, everyone. So this this game's not crept up in Ireland. Yeah. It's not like suddenly the pressure is now heaped on them. This was always going to be there. I think the pressure, the World Cup pressure that exists in Ireland, will manifest itself next week if you're there. But when it comes to the knockout game beyond the quarterfinals, because that's something that you've not done. So you need to get there first. And, um, you know, so, I mean, listen, if, if, we, if, you, if you stick to the stats, then, you know, Scotland, you know, we've not got much of a choice, much of a chance. But, you know, I think if I, if I was Irish, I'd be, I'd be worried that something would just be sitting there thinking, Chris, if Scotland click for any length of time, more than they've done, in, in the Irish games, and you're right. There's been times where where Scotland have actually, if, if Scotland had taken the chances in a number of those seven victories that Ireland have had, yeah. then it could have been a different outcome. So it's not impl- implausible for that to happen. So there's just that that doubt that, uh, that, that if if Scotland click and Scotland get their attacking game going uh, as well as we know it can, then you know they can score tries. They can score three tries like that. That's one thing that Ireland have done exceptionally well. They've smothered Scotland's attack. And we saw what South Africa did to Scotland in the in the first game in this World Cup. They stopped Finn Russell and they, that then stopped Scotland. So there's a bit of a blueprint there, but it's not the blueprint that South Africa scored, uh, shown. Ireland have had that blueprint for a while. So, so Scotland need to do something different. We've got to get more from some of our other players and not just rely on the Finn Russell show. There's one game at the tournament tonight with New Zealand up against Uruguay and Pool A kickoff in Lyon is at 8 o'clock. In golf, Mark Power is off to an encouraging start at the Dunhill Links Championship in Scotland. The Kilkenny native is two shots off the lead on four under par after nine holes. Padraig Carrington, John Murphy and Tom McKibben are all on one under par. Sebastian Stoderberg of Sweden is the leader on six under par. And the ascendant LPGA benefiting Volunteers of America is this week's stop on the LPGA Tour. Leona Maguire is in the field for the event in Texas. 
Texas. There's a seven race card at Thurless this afternoon with the first off at a quarter past two. And on this day in 2004, basketball great Scotty Pippen announced his retirement. Pippen was signed by the Chicago Bulls in the 1987 NBA draft. The small forward would go on to form an iconic partnership with Michael Jordan, which would see the Bulls win six NBA championships and Pippen seven All-Stars. He moved to the Houston Rockets and then the Portland Timbers before finishing his career back at Chicago. The Bulls retired his number 33 upon his retirement. That's all for Thursday's Lunchtime Wrap. Keep up to date with the latest opinion, analysis and much more. Become a member today at offtheball.com forward slash join. Take care. The Lunchtime Wrap. On Off The Ball. With Energia. Proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Think of the possibilities.